Thank you, Brother James. Appreciate you. Can we sing Let Me Tell You About My Jesus for the invitation hymn? We can. All right. That's where, you'll know we're at the end when we get there, all right? That was perfect. I've got a bottle of water up here just because I've been out in about in the woods a little bit and got a little bit of sinus leaf and stuff like that. I don't think I have anything catching. Uh, that's, that's for sure. And so, uh, but I hope that you don't. I know we have a lot of people that are, that are not feeling well, and it's that time of year. But it's good to be with you. This morning, uh, I left a little bit early. My wife uh, and our grandson, we had to, she had to stay home, so you only get the worst half of our family. You just The best half had to stay home with the grandson to, to match up with our son-in-law when he gets off a of guard drill. We, we uh, son-in-law and I had a chance to go a little bit of deer hunting, youth hunt yesterday, and had a great time. We could have killed a big old raccoon, but other than that, that was all that was there. And we had a great time. We had a lot of Snickers and drank some Dr. Peppers. And, and uh, you know, this is one of the ones that I got to baptize here a few weeks ago. So uh, what a blessing to, to just have some special time with him. And uh, it's really neat. Then I, I left early this morning. Usually, uh, I would say that my wife sometimes helps us to be a little bit later than normal. So I got up and got out of the house. Is that a nice way to say that? Y'all are going to tell her what I said, aren't you? And I know you are. You're going you're to rat me out. But anyway, I left a little early. I got to Jacksonville, and the fog was just everywhere. And all of a sudden, I saw blue lights in front of me on the interstate, and they'd said, you've got to get off the interstate. There's been a bad wreck up there. And uh, so we got off the interstate and got over on the side road and got to keep coming. I said, okay, Lord, you know, I left early, and there's a reason. And anyway, the long story short, uh, I got up to where the wreck was, and it really was bad. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I doubt some people made it through that one uh, when they closed the interstate down like that. Uh, but then the fog continued on, and so I called Jason Miller, and of course Jason's not feeling real well uh, this week with different things. And I said, Jason, I'm trying to get there, but uh, I'm having to drive a lot sh- shorter, uh, a lot slower, get my words out, than what I normally would, but just tell them I'm coming. And so that was good. I got to Ball Knob, and all of a sudden the skies parted and it got clear, and I won't tell you how fast I drove from there. So, uh, <clears throat> but the police, uh, I almost passed a sheriff back there, and I just happened to see the light bar on the top of his truck, and uh, then when he turned, I realized that was a sheriff. And again, I said, thank you, Lord, for being with me, and got him today. But I want you to think with me today that you are alone with the Lord. And you're just having a conversation. And he says to you, this is your mission. And the title of the message is my mission. So I want you to think real personal today. I want you to act like nobody else is around and that God is just speaking to you. And he says, this is your mission. So that when you leave from here today, you can say, this is my mission. This is what God wants me to do. And let me tell you about my Jesus is fits in perfect with that. So uh, I hope that you can sing with a deep uh, conviction uh, as we leave here 
today, that, that story. I remember, and I may have told you this several years ago when I first started preaching in Marvel, there was a little boy and his grandmother, they were in the back of the church, and the little boy was really having a hard time. Uh, he just could not be still, and he could not be quiet. Grandma kept telling him, and it was a smaller church, one of those country churches where you know that everybody knows every sound. I mean, if you drop something on the floor, it's hardwood floor, everybody heard it. You know, it's one of those situations. Well, finally, Grandma had had all that she could handle, and out the doors they went. And, of course, outside in the foyer, it wasn't real quiet. And you could hear the discipline taking place. You could hear the crying taking place. And back through the, the back door, swinging doors, they came, and they banged, you know. And the little boy sat down, and the rest of the message, all you could hear was, <laughs> and she kept telling me, I told you to be quiet, be quiet. He's talking, you be quiet. So at the end of the service, I'm at the back door like a lot of preachers are. And the little boy comes by, and he's kind of gotten it together again, but you can tell that worship wasn't good for him that day. He didn't like any of this church stuff. And so Grandma had him by the arm, and I'm sure there was some more discipline that was going to go on. But he, he looked up at me, and he said, Can I ask you a question? I said, Sure. And so I bent down, you know, trying to make it be a better day. And I'll never forget this question. He said, How come you're the only one that can talk in church? <laughs> That's a great question. It's a good question, Brother John. Well, you know... I'll never forget that, and, and so every time I have the privilege to tell you about my Jesus, I think, why, Lord, why did I get the opportunity? Today, as the fog was there and it shifted, I thought, well, maybe, Lord, it is for me to get there. Uh, when I realized that I wasn't uh, involved in an accident in the fog, uh, Lord, why? When I came through uh, Cave City and I saw two little teenage boys riding bicycles within a block of the Baptist church there, I prayed for those little boys. And I prayed somebody from that church would tell them about their Jesus. When I passed people that I knew were not going to church, in my judgment, which shouldn't be judging, I guess, but... I prayed, God, would somebody somewhere tell lost people about my Jesus? And so this message may not be for you today. It may just be for me. And if it is, thank you, Lord, for speaking in my life. It's from a very familiar passage of Scripture Acts chapter 1, we're going to read in verse 8, so if you've got your Bible, go with me. And, and it follows up when John chapter 20, verse 21, when Jesus was appearing to the disciples after the resurrection, he said, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, even so I'm sending you. And then in Acts chapter 1, if you have your copy of God's Word, would stand out of reverence for me if you can, or if you can't, that's okay. But Jesus is talking to them about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that, that they are going to receive and they have received. And he said to them in verse 7, It's not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but 
You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's a very familiar passage of Scripture, but I hope it, I hope it becomes personal for us today. Verse 9, Now when he had spoken these things, which while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven... As he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Let's pray together. Father, speak, help us to hear. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It's a real simple message. What's your mission? My mission. Your mission. If you had to write it down on a piece of paper, what would it be that you would say, God created you, He has saved you, He has allowed you to continue to be here on earth, and this is what God wants me to do. In my former work as your employee at the state convention on the mission team, uh, the wonderful people I got to work with helped me to understand that there's over 130 different distinct people groups in Arkansas, um, different ones. Uh, there's over 13 languages that will be spoken in Arkansas Baptist churches this morning, worshiping the Lord, telling people about their Jesus. Uh, it helped me to realize that some of those people groups that are out there, um, very few of their group of people know Jesus, and there's not a lot of work being done. And so we call them uh, unreached people groups sometimes. And, and sometimes we call them unreached, unengaged uh, people groups, that, that less than 2% of this group of people knows Jesus, and they're here in our state. They reside right here. It helped me to realize, although I already knew that when we give our money at Christmas time to Lottie Moon, that that money goes overseas to those missionaries, and it helps us. And one of the strengths of our Southern Baptist Convention is that we choose to cooperate together in what we call a cooperative ministries, cooperative program, and we support missionaries. And, and an extra part of that is what we do at Christmas with Lottie Moon. It helped me to understand that Annie Armstrong, that other lady that we're trying to get paid off, that, that that's more about North American missions. And, and so we give money around the springtime of the year, usually. It, it, it helped me to realize that, that I had a great responsibility to you and to everybody else in Arkansas about Dixie Jackson, the Arkansas State Missions money, that, that when you gave your money, that it went to work for, for people in Arkansas to know Jesus. It helped me to understand that 50% of the people that live in my state, in our state, don't know Jesus. And they're on their way to an eternity without Jesus. And it might be those two little boys on that bicycle close to that church. It might have been those people that were driving in the fog today. It might have been 
other people that you and I come in contact with. But that's why we're here, and that's, that's my mission, and that's your mission. It helped me to understand why a little boy would ask me, why are you the only one that gets to talk in big church? And I have to tell you, there, I'm a lot more comfortable sitting where you are and listening to somebody else share God's word because I feel very inadequate knowing how far short that, that I personally fall short in telling other people about my Jesus. It helps me to realize that I need to think more like we talked last week about frangelism, evangelism, telling about Jesus, that I have that I have family, that I have relatives, that I have associates that I work with or go to school with or go in the grocery store with or, or they wait on me in a, a restaurant that they don't know Jesus. It helped me to know that I have neighbors that I live close to that, that may not know about Jesus. So the word frangelism that we talked about last week is significant. And it helped me to realize that when Jesus said... In verse 8, you shall receive power and you shall be witnesses to me. And it was real simple. It was not that I was not able to tell people about Jesus. It was not that I was not qualified, even though all of us probably think we need to know more scripture verses, we need to more, know more things. Satan would always tell us, don't tell them but about Jesus, but, but the scripture says very clearly over and over again, you will be, you are my witness, and you do have power. My power, not your own power. So I have to say, what am I going to do with that? And he, he gives me the great outline right there. You shall be witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem, we can consider that our home, our neighborhood, people that are close to me. In Luke chapter 8, verse 39, Jesus had healed a man, and he wanted to go with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, I don't want you to do that. Go back home. Tell people how much God has done for you. So that man went all over town telling how much Jesus had done for him. He got it. Now, why don't we do a better job of telling people in our homes? Well, for one reason, they know who we are, don't they? They know when you've gotten mad and when you've gotten upset. They know when you've not done what God wants to do. and They know when your breath stinks and all the other stuff. They know who we are. So we allow Satan to say, well, I'm not qualified. That's not what God's Word says. It says, you shall have power, and you are a witness. Whether you wanted to see those two little boys on a bicycle, whether you wanted to see the results of a wreck, whether you wanted to see the fog in front of you, whether you wanted to see the reality that the Razorbacks lost yesterday, whatever it is, you've witnessed it. That's your story. And if you know Jesus Christ, you're a witness. And we witness to him every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, to a lost and dying world. 
And sometimes it's hard when it's in our home. So yeah, we got to start with family. I was tickled yesterday when my grandson and I were sitting on the deer stand and we were talking and and we were talking about how old I was and how young he was. And he said, Paul, Daddy, you're really not that old. I said, yeah, well, okay. And he said, but one of these days, you're not going to be here, are you? And I said, no. One of these days, I may go to heaven before you do. And he said, well, whose land will this be? Since this is your mom's land, whose land will this be? And I said, well, it might be yours and your brother's if you behave yourself and act right. He said, so you'll be gone to heaven. Yeah. He said, I'm glad to know that. That you're going to be in. I thought he was talking about the land. But he said, I'm glad to know that you're going to be in heaven. Thank you for baptizing me. Thank you for trying to live out a Christian life in front of me. See, that's the same little booger that can read the speed limit signs. Tell when I'm going too fast. Second reason that we don't tell people in our Jerusalem is because Satan's trying to tear down your home. My home. Let's just be honest. He's trying to do everything he can to separate husbands and wives and fathers and sons and daughters and mothers and all of us. And we often think, well, somebody else will tell my family. And they don't know about us. There's one thing that I hope and pray, prayed about it this morning, some more on the way up here, is that every member of my family would know that I love Jesus and I want to tell them about my Jesus. It's personal. That's my Jerusalem. And you know what God cares about more than anything else? It's people. He doesn't care about the nature that He created, even though He loves it. He's given us blessings. He doesn't care about how much money we make or how many deer we kill or fish we catch or any of those things. He cares about people. And He cares about your family. And your family may not be the perfect family. Ours is certainly not. But the scripture says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness to me in Jerusalem, in your home. And you also will be a witness to me in Judea and Samaria. Now this is, my Judea and Samaria is people that are different from me. Uh, People that probably don't like to deer hunt or uh, people that may not like the Razorbacks, people that may not be the same color skin I am, they may not speak the same language I do, they may have a different education, most of them will be a lot more intelligent than me, uh, a lot more economics than me. Uh, they'll be that part of those 130 different distinct people groups I mentioned earlier. There'll be people that I don't normally talk to or normally associate with. They're the people that go into those Thai restaurants and order that other kind of food, you know. Uh, Different stuff. But Scripture still tells me, as a Christian, 
I'm called to reach out to other people. You see, the word God starts with the word G-O, go. The word gospel starts with the word go. The word good news is go. And, and, and what the scripture says to us, you, you're to go all over the world. Now you're to start in home. And then you're to go to those people that are different than you. Jesus, when he went to the Samaritan woman and the disciples were there, they couldn't understand why he was talking to her. She was different. They couldn't understand why he was talking to the adulterous woman. And then and he, he knelt down in the ground and he wrote all those things on the ground. And then all of a sudden her accusers left, beginning with the oldest and, and going on because Jesus cared about her. Over and over and over again, the word go, and, and you and I are going. <laughs> Every day, we're living a little more of our life, and we're going. So our Christianity is about trying to heal broken, messed up lives. Now, I'm not going to tell you that when you start going, it's going to be easy. I'm not going to tell you that. Christianity is not for the faint of heart. Christianity is hard work. Your family may be hard work. You may have already said, well, Brother Bob, you don't know how many times I've witnessed uh, this person in my family and they just keep closing the door. I, I got you. As I was driving up here this morning, I prayed specifically for people in my family that I know that are on their own Road to eternity. And I said, oh, dear Lord, I don't know if I'm the one, but help me to do my part. Help them, help them to know that I want to tell them about my Jesus. I wish they would decide to accept him as Lord and Savior, but I can't make that decision for them. But I want them to know I hugged an African man's neck the other day. It's a good friend. And he said, Brother, I'm glad that we're brothers in Christ. I said, Yeah. There might be a time in my life when I grew up in a community that didn't have any African Americans that I didn't understand their life, didn't understand their culture. If I look around this church with you, We're kind of all the same people. So there's some Judeans and some Samaritans that I bet live in this area that may never come into this building. But Jesus didn't say, you'll be my witness so they'll come into this building. He said, you'll be my witness so they'll know about Jesus. So we've got to be kingdom-minded. We have to realize that sometimes they're going to sing songs that are different than what we do, and they're going to do things differently. I'll never forget some of the times I've gone to African American. They don't know that you're supposed to quit by 12. They just get warmed up, man. You better pack a lunch. Be ready. I didn't know when I went to Haiti and those people walked for hours and hours and hours and sat on a five-gallon bucket 
that they thought, well, worship service should only be about 45 minutes to an hour and a sermon should only be about 15 minutes. They didn't want that. They wanted to hear everything you had to give them. Let me tell you about my Jesus. So it's my Jerusalem. It's my Judea, Samaria. It's my world. If I'm going to be like Jesus Christ, I've got to be concerned about people all over the world. There's going to be people in this world that you and I will never, ever meet. We'll never know. But you've made an impact in their life. There's people in this world that because you've given money to missions or you're part of a missions organization like a church that, that will know Jesus. If, if you're a Christian, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a, a fisher of men. I'll make you someone. Let me tell you, if you and I are not fishing for lost people, you're not following Jesus. I mean, let me break it on down. If you're not telling the lost people that you know about Jesus, you're not following Jesus. You're following somebody that's named Satan, the devil, the deceiver, wanting to destroy your home, your family, your culture, everything about you. If you're not fishing... You're not following. You're not telling them about Jesus. Somehow, some way, your way, and you're not serving like God wants us to. Now, when Jesus said this to his disciples, they didn't have the opportunities that you and I did. You know, if they were going to travel, they didn't go out and get in a car or an airplane or a boat, maybe a boat, but they didn't have the internet, they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have TV. They didn't have all the different things of communication that you and I have. They just had to take it upon themselves to tell people the best way they could about Jesus. And Jesus said, start at home. Start talking to the people that are not like you because I'm, I'm counting on you talking to people that are like you. And then remember that there are going to be people in heaven that you're never ever going to see this side of earth, but they're going to spend all eternity with you. And you're my witness. You, that's your mission, my mission. And so it becomes personal. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I forget that. Sometimes I think it's somebody else's responsibility. But I can tell you, when your granddaughter comes over, kisses you on the cheek and says, Paul, Daddy, thank you for telling me about Jesus. I know Mom and Dad did a lot more than I did, but I know I did my little part. I know when the grandson does that. I know when my neighbor comes by sometimes and says, You know, I, I didn't understand why you went to church on Sunday mornings, why you didn't sleep in like the rest of us. I, I didn't understand why you came over and helped rake my leaves. I didn't understand... Uh, why you, you brought food. I, I didn't understand why you didn't get upset when I didn't do what I wanted you to do. And, but I see something different about you. Could you tell me about what's different? I'd say, yeah, let me tell you about Jesus. 
While they looked steadfastly up into heaven as Jesus went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Men of Galilee, why are you just standing here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. If you and I have seen Jesus, I think a lot of us have, and if you haven't, I invite you today to to listen as God's Holy Spirit works in your life and He tells you this is the right decision for you. If, If you and I have seen Jesus, and if Jesus is coming back, and I firmly believe that's a large percentage of our story, and I know it's reality with Jesus. I know it's reality. I've been with enough people when they've passed away to see that peace that comes over their face from the hurts of cancer and heart disease and other things in this world and to see that instantly they're with Him. I've, I've been around people, maybe you've been around people that as they're leaving this earth, they'll say, Bob, can you, can you see Him? Can you, can you see Him? I go, all I'm seeing is a roof, but can you see Him? And then they take that peaceful last breath. And you know they're in the presence. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And nobody in their family has to wonder where they went. Their neighbors don't have to worry. Maybe some of the lost people. Boy, that was that was different. I've also been close to some of those people that I hope I misjudged. Because pain never left their face. And the family, when I would say, can you tell me something about their spiritual life? Well, mom or dad, they, they, they didn't do much at church. Or the kids would say, well, dad would go to church, but just because mom made him, he just did it so she wouldn't fuss. We've all got them. Over half of our state of Arkansas, our home, doesn't know Jesus. So that's my mission. That's your mission. Sometimes we're standing here gazing, thinking somebody else is going to do our job. The angels of heaven look down at us and say, this is what I want you to do. See, I can't answer that for you today. I can't answer why I'm the only one that gets to talk for a few minutes. If you're wondering, well, I don't know why he talked either. Take it up with God. I don't know. But I know it's important. And I know it ought to bring us to our knees in prayer and say, God, help us to get up to our feet and go forward with you. And maybe, just maybe, God will let his sunshine part skies. And for some crazy reason, the song on your radio starts playing, I Can Only Imagine.
what it'll be like when I'm with Jesus. And you have to pull over and get a Kleenex. Because you can only imagine. But then God says to you, You're here. I don't want you to be gazing. I want you to be going. So I want you to join with me in a simple prayer. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to just say, God, use me wherever. And I want you to mean it, not, not because I've asked you to, but I just want you to mean it because God is saying, God, use me. Home. Judea, Samaria, around the world. Whatever it is he has for you, it's your mission. It's your role. He's given you power, and you're his witness. Let's bow together and pray. Father, I thank you today. But Lord, more than me sharing a message with wonderful people here, maybe God, you were just sharing a message with me and with us. And so I pray that through all of my failings and all of my faults, that God, they would see you high and lifted up. Holy, holy, holy. And we'd look around us and we'd see a lost and dying world. And we'd just leave this place saying, let me tell you about my Jesus. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. For we ask it all in his name. Would you please rise?